Revelation chapter 3 and verse 7. Page 1220, right at the back of the, more or less towards the back of the Bible. Revelation 3 and verse 7. And to the angel of the church in Philadelphia, write, the words of the Holy One, the true one, who has the key of David, who opens and no one will shut, who shuts and no one will op- no one opens. I know your works. Behold, I have set before you an open door which no one is able to shut. I know that you have but little power and yet you have kept my word and have not denied my name. Behold, I will make those of the synagogue of Satan who say that they are Jews but are not, but lie. Behold, I will make them come and bow down at your feet and they will learn that I have loved you. Because you have kept my word about patient endurance, I will keep you from the hour of trial that is coming on the whole world to try those who dwell on the earth. I am coming soon. Hold fast what you have so that no one may seize your crown. The one who conquers, I will make him a pillar in the temple of my God. Never shall he go out of it, and I will write on him the name of my God and the name of the city of my God, the new Jerusalem, which comes down from my God out of heaven and my own new name. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. So let's now pray and ask God uh, to help us as we think about his word. Uh, Oh Lord God, we do thank you for this opportunity for us to think about your word now. Please, Lord, will you help me to be able to teach your word really clearly. And please, Lord, will you help us all to understand your word and to benefit from it. We pray that we will hear you speaking to us through your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, um, so here we have a letter which Jesus dictated to a church which was in a town called Philadelphia. We, of course, we, there's a town in America 
called Philadelphia, and this, of course, was that town was named after this ancient town in the ancient world. Uh, it, it, Philadelphia means love of uh, uh, of, of, a, of a brother and uh, or brotherly love, and and uh, I think the idea was that they were hoping the person who built this town was he was hoping that it would be a place of brotherly love. And there was this church in this town that Jesus wrote this letter to. And as we think about this letter, I want us to think about uh, the one to whom it was written, uh, the one who wrote it or the one who dictated it. I want us to think about what he said to this church that they should do and what he promised to this church. So first of all, to whom it is addressed. It says in verse 7 there, to the angel of the church in Philadelphia. Now, um, I think my own understanding of that is when he says to the angel, he means it in the sense that an angel was a messenger. And so, and, and in each messenger, there was, in each church, there was at least one pastor or teacher who was the messenger from God to that church. So I think, my, the way I would understand this is that, that this is written to the pastor or one of the elders of the church there in Philadelphia. And uh, we can see what he says about uh, this church. It was a church which uh, was, was weak. He says, I know that you have but little power. It was also a church which was being slandered. People were saying untrue things about it. They people who said they were Jews, they said they belonged to God. They were claiming that these people in this church were not, they didn't belong to God. They were claiming that they weren't loved by God. And they were being spoken evil about. But this church also, though it was weak and it was being badly spoken of, actually it was a faithful church. Uh, This church had kept, verse verse 8, it had kept the word of Jesus and had not denied his name. And he says also, verse 10, you have kept my word about patient endurance. Now, I think there's something we can learn from this. This was a a weak church, probably very small. Probably not many numbers were attending. People said all sorts of bad things about, oh, I don't want to go to that church. Don't don't meet with them. They're, they're, They're not God's people at all. People were saying, but actually, this was a faithful church. We can learn from that, I think. We shouldn't judge a church by the numbers who attend or how strong it is, how prosperous it is, because sometimes a faithful church might not be a very strong church, humanly speaking. Now, I want us now to think about who is speaking. 
And I think it's very obvious that it's Jesus who is dictating this letter. Well, of course, we know from, from chapter 1 that we read earlier that, that, um, that Jesus appeared to John and he told him that he was to write these letters to these different churches. So it is Jesus who is speaking. But see what it says about Jesus. First of all, Jesus says about himself that he is holy. Verse 7, the words of the Holy One. What does that mean, holy? The answer is, it means without sin. Jesus never sinned once in the whole of his life. From the moment he was born right through to the time he died. And then, of course, he was raised up from the dead. He's now at the God's right hand. He was and is holy, completely without sin. Also, he describes himself as the true one. Also there in uh, verse, uh, verse 7. The words of the holy one, the True one. Jesus is completely true. All his word is true. He doesn't say anything false. He says in, his, in the Gospel of John, he says he is the, the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus is the true Messiah. He's the way to God, the true way to God. And he also is the king of, He's the one who decides who will be saved. Look at verse 7. He says, he has the key of David, who opens and no one will shut, who shuts and no one opens. Jesus is the one who decides who will be saved and who will not be saved. And what he decides is what happened. Now we read the Old Testament background for this uh, from Isaiah a little while ago. And just as that man, uh, uh, Eliakim, was put in charge of the house of David and God gave to him the key of the house of David, so Jesus says about himself, he has been given the key of the house of David, the key of David, and what he opens, no one will shut. What he shuts, no one will open. Jesus is the one who decides who will be saved and who will not be saved. If Jesus has decided that somebody is going to be saved, that person will be saved. Even if that person doesn't want Christ at that time, point in time, even if um, he's, he's, he's totally set against God, that person, if Jesus has decided to save somebody, that person will be saved. No one can stop him. No power of the devil can stop it. No 
power of man can stop it. Jesus is the one who has that key of salvation. He's the one who decides who will be saved. And so if you are a believer, rejoice in this. Be glad. Jesus will not fail to save those whom he's going to save. And notice also what he says there, that he's the one who knows. He says, uh, he says, I know your works. If you're a believer, Jesus knows your work for him. He knows your struggles. He knows what you're seeking to do to seek to serve him. He, he says he knows their weakness. He knows all about this. He knows about the way they're being slandered. He knows about their faithfulness. Because Jesus is God, just like the Father is God. He knows all things. He knows the hearts of us all. What does Jesus tell them to do? Well, he says to them that they must hold fast to what God has told them to do. Verse 11 He says, I am coming soon. Hold fast what you have. Hold on to the truth. Keep on proclaiming that truth. Don't allow anything to knock you off course. You'll come under a lot of pressure to say something different. You'll come under pressure to deny the gospel. You'll come under pressure... To change the word of God. But he says don't do that. Hold fast. What you have. And he also. Implicitly in verse 12. Tells them to overcome. Or to conquer. Now he says. He, the one who conquers. I'll make him a pillar in the temple of my God. So clearly he wants us to be those. Who conquer. Those who overcome. We are under pressure to give way to sin. We are under pressure to, uh, to deny the Lord Jesus Christ. But we must be those who overcome. God calls us to overcome these pressures. Well then I want us to see then what he promises to those who do this. And he promises many wonderful things to those who hold fast and to those who overcome. He says, first of all, that they'll be successful. Verse 8, he says, Behold, I have set you before you an open door, which no one is able to shut. This church seems so weak. It seems unable to do very much. But Jesus said to this church, this, this Jesus, who he, where he opens a door, no one can shut it. Jesus says to this church, I have put before you an open door. 
They've got an open door for the gospel. They can go out with God's word. And they will be successful. He also promises vindication. Verse 9. Behold, I will make those of the synagogue of Satan who say that they are Jews and are not, but lie. Behold, I will make them come and bow down before your feet, and they will learn that I have loved you. These people are saying, oh, God doesn't love these people. They're not his people. And Jesus says, I will make them recognize that, they are, that you are indeed my people, and that I have loved you. He also promises for them protection in the trials that are going to come upon the earth. We don't know what the trial is that he's talking about here, but there's going to be some very great trial that's coming upon the whole earth, and he says he's going to protect them. Verse 10, because you've kept my word about patient endurance, I will keep you from the hour of trial that is coming on the whole earth to try those who dwell on the earth. This is promise of protection for them, that God will keep them safe. Jesus will keep them safe. He also promises to them a crown. Verse 11, I'm coming soon. Hold fast what you have so that no one may seize your crown. Those who belong to Christ and are faithful to Christ will be crowned, honored by the Lord. And then also he promises a place of honor in his church. Verse 12, the one who conquers, I will make him a pillar in the temple of my God. Jesus is coming again. And there'll be the new Jerusalem. And those who've conquered, those who've overcome, they will have a place of special honor. There'll be pillars in this church of Christ. And uh, he says also that he will write his name upon them. He says, uh, uh, I will, he says, um, well, first of all, he says that they will, be, they will, um, they shall never depart from God's church, never shall he go out from it. And he says, I will write on him the name of my God and the name of the city of my God, the new Jerusalem which comes down out of heaven and my own new name. He'll say, you're mine. He'll mark you as belonging to him. Now, is this saying, well, you live a good life and Jesus will bless you? Is this talking about salvation by works? No. Because we can't do any of these things in and of ourselves. No. This is talking about those who turn from their sin, trust in Jesus for salvation, who look to Jesus and what he did on the cross to make them right with God. And then having been saved, live a life of obedience. And there is this promise of great blessing to those who will do that. So be encouraged if you're a Christian. Here are these words of great encouragement to this small, weak church. Jesus says he's set before this church an open door that no one can shut. 
And as they are faithful to him, he will reward them. And if you're not yet a Christian, I'd urge you, come to Christ. Trust in Christ that you might know this wonderful saviour in your life.